And so we continue the series on the resurrection of the dead, which is the fifth out of the six foundational doctrines taught to us in the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. And uh, we've dealt with two topics up until now. We've dealt with what heaven is like for the saints uh, when they die physically. And uh, we've had a look at that extensively. And then we've also had a look at uh, Christ the first fruits. For our Lord Jesus Christ is the firstborn from the dead. And we had a look at what transpired when he died on the cross and when he went down to hell and when he was raised from the dead. And we've seen, uh, his, we've had a look at his resurrected body. Um, and we've looked at various aspects of our Lord's resurrection. And then we've uh, come through to the topic now that we're discussing at this point in time, which is the second coming of Christ. And the reason that we're discussing the second coming of Christ is because the second coming of Christ is directly linked to the first resurrection. There are two resurrections clearly taught to us in Scripture, and we will go through, as we go through this series, uh, have a look at those two resurrections. The first resurrection are the resurrection of the saints, which takes place at our Lord's return. The second resurrection of this, uh, is the re resurrection of the unbelievers. Uh, they, they will be raised from the dead at the end of the age. And we will look at their resurrection later on in the series of teachings. But uh, So the reason that we're looking at the second coming is because the two, the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and the first resurrection uh, of the saints takes place simultaneously. And so the scripture we want to just uh, revisit again, just to reinforce that fact, is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Beginning at verse 15, Paul writing, he says, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. And so we see that um, the resurrection of the saints and the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ are simultaneous events. It takes place at exactly the same time. Um, we are to, the, the, the Bible teaches us to watch and be ready and be prepared for that event when it does occur. Now, we understand that uh, uh, 2,000 years ago, um, our Lord Jesus told us to watch and be ready. Paul told us to watch and be ready. Uh, there have been many admonitions to the church to watch and be ready. And so people say, okay, well, 2,000 years have gone by, so why should the church be uh, watching and be ready? Because uh, there's no indication that our Lord is coming back anytime soon. Well, we just had a look at the fact that our Lord has come for each and indiv individual saint that has passed on from this life. Uh, the Lord has come in their life and they have met the Lord Jesus Christ at the end of their time. Um, and we had a look at the fact that there, it is not the Lord's will that we go to be with him in an unexpected manner. That each one of the saints before our time comes where we go to be with the Lord, we should all be prepared and ready for him. Um, for our Lord said, I, I'll go away to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am there you may be also. And so our Lord Jesus does come back for each one of his saints when we do uh, pass on um, through physical death, that is. And so in each one of our lives, we should be ready to meet our Lord Jesus at any time. 
and we should be living our lives in that manner. And uh, but the scripture does also talk about the the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and the church that is going to be on the earth at that time because we've just had a look at the scripture that there will be those who will be alive and remain at the coming of the Lord when they are when our Lord returns they will be on the earth they will not experience physical death and their bodies will be changed instantly and they will have their resurrected bodies they will meet the Lord in the air along with the rest of the saints who come with them um, and so there is an admonition for the church to be ready for the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And one of the scriptures we can look at is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, beginning at verse 1 again. Uh, Paul writing, he says, But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say, he's talking about the world, peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as, as, as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so the church is admonished to, to watch and be sober and be ready for the coming of the Lord. Um, and it's not to take us by surprise. The coming of the Lord is meant to, and will take the earth by surprise, the unbelievers on the earth. They will be completely taken by surprise when our Lord returns. Um, but the church should be fully expectant of the soon coming of the Lord. And the reason that um, we are admonished to watch and be ready is because Scripture has, uh, the Lord has given to us in many places in Scripture clear signs and clear uh, events that have to take place before He returns. And the, those events have been given to us in Scripture in chronological sequence. Now, we do not know the times and the seasons, for God our Father has set all of those in His um, authority. And so God knows, God the Father knows, when our Lord Jesus is returning to the earth. Uh, no one else does. It's only God the Father that knows that. But what God has done in His wisdom is He has given to His church clear signs that they can look at, um, which He has said through our Lord Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, that these things must take place before um, the Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth for the second time. And so we look at those signs as given to us in Scripture, and we look around us and we say, okay, are those signs being fulfilled? Have they been fulfilled yet? Are they still to be fulfilled? And that gives the church some kind of a benchmark whereby she can say, all right, this is really pretty much where we are in the timeline of God. The church doesn't know the time that our Lord is going to return, but the church will know uh, the events as they are ticked off on um, God's calendar, so to speak. And so that is really what we're looking through in this series of teachings. We're looking at the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and what we're looking at are the key events, and not all of them, because there are many key events listed in Scripture. But we look, we're highlighting certain key events that must take place before our Lord Jesus Christ returns. And so we've started off 
um, looking at the very first key event and again when I say the very first one I'm talking about from those that I selected out of scripture and these I have placed now in chronological sequence that must take place before our Lord returns this particular key event takes place right up front and this key event is the key event of the fourth kingdom being made manifest in the earth and we touched on that fourth kingdom uh, in yesterday's teaching and I'm going to go through the scriptures again in Daniel's visions because they are so important for us so that we can get an understanding of just what this fourth kingdom is because we saw and we will see again that it is out of this kingdom that the Antichrist will arise and the Antichrist is also a very key uh, personality that must be made manifest in the earth before our Lord Jesus returns and we're going to have a look at the, uh, those sequence of events and and his reign in the earth before our Lord returns so let's have a look again at scripture from in Daniel's visions we're looking at two passages of scripture in chapter 7 and chapter 8 those are two key uh, visions given to Daniel of the end times not only the end times the, the, in part of those visions accounted for um, events that were going to take place just after um, Daniel had passed on but uh, let's read them and then we'll comment on them again and so Daniel chapter 7 beginning at verse 2 this, uh, Daniel speaking he says uh, Daniel spoke saying I saw in my vision by night and behold the four winds of heaven were stirred up uh, stirring up the great sea and four great beasts came up from the sea, each different from the other. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I watched till its wings were plucked off, and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand on two feet like a man. And a man's heart was given to it. And suddenly another beast, a second, like a bear, it was raised up on one side and had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And it, they said thus to it, Arise, devour much flesh. After this I looked, and there was another, like a leopard, which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. Verse 7, After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring and breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one, coming up among them, before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots. And there in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking pompous words. Verse 11. I watched then, because of the sound of the pompous words which the horn was speaking, I watched till the beast was slain, and its body destroyed and given to the burning flame. As for the rest of the beasts, they had the dominion taken away, yet, as for the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. And then in verse 7, uh, in chapter 7 from verse 15, uh, the angel is given Daniel the interpretation of his dream. So let's read that. Um, I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit within my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near to one of those who stood by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. Those great beasts which are four are four kings which arise out of the earth. Verse 19. Then I wished to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all the others. 
exceedingly dreadful, with its teeth of iron and its nails of bronze, which devoured, broke in pieces, and trampled the residue with its feet, and the ten horns that were on its head, and the other horn which came up before which three fell, namely, that horn which had eyes and a mouth which spoke pompous words, whose appearance was greater than his fellows. Verse 21. I was watching, and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them. Verse 22. Until the Ancient of Days came, and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High, and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. Verse 23. And thus he said, The fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which shall be different from all other kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth, trample it and break it in pieces. The ten horns are ten kings who shall arise from this kingdom. Another and another shall arise after them. He shall be different from the first ones and shall subdue three kings. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend to change times and law. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time and times and half a time. But the court shall be seated, and they shall take away his dominion and con to consume and destroy it forever. And so we saw in the, this, this vision given to, to Daniel, it's a division of the end times. And this vision shows Daniel that there, were, there are four kingdoms that will arise out of the earth in the end times. And of these four kingdoms, one of them is the kingdom whereby um, the Antichrist will come from. And this kingdom will have ten kings. Ten kings will arise out of this kingdom. Out of the ten kings, the little horn will arise, which is the Antichrist. It's a picture of the Antichrist. And he will arise from the ten kings. He will subdue three of those ten kings. Um, and he will take authority over the fourth kingdom. And it is the fourth kingdom that is, we see in, in um, the vision, it is the fourth kingdom that is slain and the body destroyed. In verse 11 of Daniel chapter 7, he says, I watched then because of the sound of the pompous words which the horn was speaking. I watched till the beast was slain. It, that, remember that fourth beast coming out. So the first beast was like a lion, the second beast like a bear, the third beast like a leopard. And the fourth beast is not described to us really of what he looked like. He just looks terrible according to Daniel's account. But it is that fourth beast. I watched till the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given to the burning flame. That fourth kingdom will be destroyed when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth. And verse 12 of, of, of chapter 7 says, As for the rest of the beasts, so he's talking about the, the lion, the beast that looked like a lion, the beast that looked like a bear, the beast that looked like a leopard, those other three beasts, which are three other kingdoms on the earth at the time when this fourth kingdom is destroyed by, by God, when our Lord Jesus returns to the earth, it says, As for the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, um, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. So their dominion was taken away. They were no longer in, uh, in charge of their affairs. Why is that? Because our Lord Jesus has now come to the earth and he is now setting up his rule from, from Jerusalem for a thousand years on the earth and the rest of the earth will submit under his rule. When our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth, there will be unbelievers alive on the earth. Not everyone will have been destroyed. 
all the followers of the beast will have been destroyed. The book of Revelation teaches us very strongly about the fact that those who have followed after the, the, the Antichrist will be destroyed when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. And it's that fourth kingdom that will be destroyed by our Lord Jesus Christ when he returns to the earth. But the other three beasts, the other three kingdoms remain on the earth for a season and a time. A season being that thousand year period that our Lord Jesus comes to the earth to reign. They will be submissive, submissive to his rule and reign under the saints, for the saints will obviously reign in the earth at that time. Thrones will be set up in Jerusalem. Um, but, and their dominion is taken away. So they do not have control over their own affairs any longer because they are now under the authority and the reign of our Lord Jesus Christ. With regards to this fourth beast that will arise, um, he, he, he will devour the whole earth, but he does not have authority over the other three kingdoms. The other three kingdoms still have their own dominion while the fourth kingdom is on the earth. Their dominion is only taken away when our Lord returns, when the fourth kingdom is destroyed. And so this fourth kingdom will be on the earth, and this fourth kingdom will have ten kings that will arise out of the, out of the fourth kingdom. And out of the ten kings, one king will arise and this king will be the antichrist and he subdues three of the ten kings and he then reigns over this fourth kingdom and he is the one who uh, will then um, persecute the saints of the most high and he will intend to change times and laws he, he he's, he's going to he's the one who's going to obviously set himself up as god in the earth as, as paul teaches us in uh, in the book of uh, thessalonians and we'll, we'll have a look at those scriptures when we look at the antichrist but he sets himself up as god in the earth and he intends to change times and laws um, and the saints are given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time, which is three and a half years. And in the book, in the book of Revelations, he's given authority in the earth for 42 months, three and a half years. The Antichrist will reign in the earth for three and a half years. This picture is talking about the Antichrist, and he will be reigning in the earth over that period of time. But in order to get the sequence of events right, four kingdoms arise in the earth. The scripture doesn't tell us when the four kingdoms arise, um, but when our Lord returns, there are four kingdoms, main kingdoms. Now remember we said in scripture that um, a, a kingdom in scripture is a conglomeration of nations that align themselves uh, to each other uh, for whatever reason it might be. The Soviet Union used to have a whole lot of nations under its control. Uh, the British Empire used to have a whole lot of nations under its control. And so all the different empires ha have come and gone. Uh, over the ages. But when our Lord returns, there will be four main kingdoms in the earth. Now, that doesn't mean that every single nation will be part of these, these three, uh, four kingdoms. I don't know. The scripture just tells us that there will be four in the earth. And the fourth, the fourth kingdom is the kingdom from which the ten kings will arise. From, which, uh, from the ten kings, this other little king will arise with little horn, which is the Antichrist. He will come from that, uh, those ten kings. He will subdue three kings out of those ten. And he will then um, set up his rule and reign out of the fourth kingdom. So the fourth kingdom has to be in place before uh, the Antichrist is manifested. And um, before that is even in place, the ten kings have to arise. So out of this fourth kingdom, ten kings have to come up uh, and be made known in the earth. And then from those ten kings, the Antichrist comes out out of those and he subdues three of them. 
and or three nations, you can, you can put it that way, and he then takes over as the ruler of this fourth kingdom to, uh, that the ten kings are part of and have aligned themselves to the Antichrist. And then we had a look at the next vision that Daniel had, which is related very closely to the, the vision that we just looked at. And that is the vision that he gets in Daniel chapter 8. And we'll read the, the vision and we'll read the, the interpretation of the vision and then we'll comment on it um, to tie it up with what we've seen so far already. Daniel 8, beginning in verse 1, the scripture says, In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared to me, to me, Daniel, after the one that appeared to me the first time. So he's, he's tying this vision up with the one that he had the first time. I saw in the vision, and so it happened while I was looking, that I was in Shushan, the citadel, which is in the province of Elam. And I saw in the vision that I was by the river Ulai. It's the only time that Daniel gives us a very clear account of where he was when he had this vision. Now, when he had the vision, he wasn't there. The Holy Spirit took him there and placed him there. And then the Holy Spirit made him write down exactly where he was located geographically speaking. Because that geographic point is very important in relation to the rest of the vision that Daniel gets from God. And it's important for us to understand um, what it, how it all ties up because of where his geographic location was at the time. Verse 3 says, and I lift, Then I lifted up my eyes and saw, and there, standing beside the river, was a ram which had two horns, and the two horns were high. But one was higher than the other, and the higher one came up last. I saw the ram pushing westward, northward, southward, and that no animal could withstand him, nor was there any that could deliver from his hand. But he did according to his will and became great. And I was considering, and as I was considering, suddenly a male goat came from the west across the surface of the whole earth without touching the ground. And the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. A horn in scripture always talks about a king um, and uh, the authority of a king. Verse 6. Then he came to the ram that had the two horns, which I had seen standing beside the river, and ran at him with furious power. And I saw him confronting the ram. He was moved with rage against him, attacked the ram, and broke his two horns. There was no power in the ram to withstand him, but he cast him down to the ground and trampled him. And there was no one that could deliver the ram from his hand. Therefore the male goat grew very great. But when he became strong, the large horn was broken, and in place of it, four notable ones came up toward the four winds of heaven. And out of one of them, out of one of those four, came a little horn, which grew exceedingly great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the glorious land. All of this is where he says, um, uh, the Earlier, where he's talking about the, the, the ram pushing westward and southward and northward. Um, now he's talking about the, how this little horn has grown up and grown great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the glorious land. It's all tying back to that geographic point of where Daniel is standing while he's receiving this vision. And so it's very important for us to understand that from where Daniel was sta standing, then we can say toward the south, toward the east, and toward the glorious land. And from where Daniel was saying, Stanley was talking about the, the Babylonian emperor. We're going to get there. 
verse 10. And he grew up toward, up to the host of heaven, and he cast down some of the host and some of the stars to the ground and trampled them. He even exalted himself as high as the prince of the host. And by him, the daily sacrifices were taken away. And the place of his sanctuary was cast down. Verse 12, because of transgression, an army was given over to the horn to oppose the daily sacrifices. And he cast truth down to the ground. He did all this and prospered. And then in uh, Daniel 8 from verse 19, Daniel's asking for the interpretation and the angel's giving it to him. He says, and he said, look, I'm making known to you what shall happen in the latter time of indignation. For at the appointed time, the end shall be. So the angel saying, this is right down the line, Daniel. This that you're seeing now is for the latter time of indignation. This is in the end days. The ram which you saw having two horns, and now he's bringing it back to um, a time just after Daniel. Uh, the latter time and the time just after Daniel. He says, the ram which you saw having two horns, they are the kings of Media and Persia, and the male goat is the kingdom of Greece. The large horn that is between its eyes is the first king. As for the broken horn and the four horns that stood up in its place, four kingdoms shall arise out of that nation, but not with its power. And in the latter time of their kingdom, talking about the four kingdoms now, that the one kingdom that we came out of uh, the Grecian empire, when the transgressors have reached their fullness, a king shall arise, having fierce features, who understands sinister schemes. His power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. He shall destroy fearfully and shall prosper and thrive. He shall destroy the mighty and also the holy people. Through his cunning, he shall cause deceit to prosper under his rule, and he shall exalt himself in his heart. He shall destroy many in their prosperity. He shall even rise against the prince of princes. But he shall be broken without human means. And so the, the geographic point where Daniel was standing when he receives this vision is in modern day Iran. That is, if you go look on a map and you go have a look at the, the points as mentioned to us in the vision, it's in modern day Iran. And the reason that the Holy Spirit wanted us to know that is because we need to be able to identify uh, where this, these kingdoms grow from. Now, he, when he spoke about um, Media and Persia, we know that that's the old Babylonian Empire. And the, 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 the goat or, you know, the goat that came across from Greece, we know that that's talking about the Grecian Empire under, under Alexander the Great. And so those are the two horns of the ram that was uh, broken by the goat who came with his horn. And so that has already transpired. That's, that's water under the bridge. We don't uh, need to uh, look at that. But that does give us reference points as, as to where we are. And so the kingdom that arose, because remember we, uh, the scripture tells us that out of that uh, Grecian empire, the kingdom of Greece, the large horn, when it was broken, out of that, uh, four uh, kingdoms arose out in its place. And from that, those four kingdoms, there's one kingdom that will arise out of that. Now, the four kingdoms that arose from that place, um, when Alexander the Great died, his kingdom was divided up into four separate kingdoms. Of the four kingdoms, one of those kingdoms was called the Seleucid Empire. 
And the Seleucid Empire was based in exactly the same location where Daniel was standing. Now, the Seleucid Empire wasn't in place when Daniel had his vision because the Babylonian Empire had not yet fallen. Uh, the Persian Empire hadn't yet come and the Medes Empire hadn't yet come and neither had the Grecian Empire come. So all of it was futuristic for Daniel. But part of it is historic for us because we have seen uh, the uh, Babylonian Empire collapse. We've seen the media, media, Medes Empire collapsed, we've seen the Persian Empire collapse, and we've seen the Grecian Empire collapse. And we've seen from the Grecian Empire, the empire that Alexander the Great created, we've seen the four empires that arose out of his uh, empire when he died. And one of those empires was the Seleucid Empire. That Seleucid Empire was based geographically in the same location where Daniel was standing when he received the vision. So as I said, that, that empire was not in existence when Daniel had his vision, but that empire has come and gone. However, the empire was located there. That was its geographic location. And we see in the vision that from that empire, from one of these, the, the four, and that happened to be that particular empire, arises the Antichrist. And the Antichrist, um, the Bible talks about the fact that his, his um, influence and his kingdom will grow exceedingly great from that geographic point, exceedingly great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the glorious land. So from that ge geographic point, if you're standing on a map and you look south and you look east and you look, look toward the glorious land, the glorious land being Israel, um, you will see that toward the south you have the um, Saudi Arabia and the Arab Peninsula. The whole of the Arab Peninsula is directly south from there. Toward the east from there you have Afghanistan and Pakistan. That's directly east from Iran. And toward the west from there you have Iraq, you have Turkey, you have Jordan, you have Syria, you have Egypt, you have uh, Lebanon. Um, those are the main countries that you have. There are the smaller countries, but those are the main countries. Each one of those nations today are almost 100% Muslim nations. And it is only Lebanon that has still a significant Christian um, population. They're not the majority in Lebanon. They've, they've slowly become the minority. Um, and more and more Muslims have, have taken over in that particular nation. But otherwise, all of the nations that are in that geographic location from where Daniel was standing at that point in time, and if you look at it today, are one, almost 100% Muslim nations. And so that is why the angel says that that's the, the, the fourth kingdom will be different, completely different to all other kingdoms. Why is that? Because the fourth kingdom is not a secular kingdom looking off, looking for secular power to rule the earth um, for wealth and for um, just power. The fourth kingdom is going to be a kingdom of religion and it's the, the kingdom of Islam. And that kingdom is in place already. And that kingdom has to be in place in order for the ten kings to arise. From, from those that kingdom, the ten kings, will arise. From the ten kings, this one king will arise, and he will subdue three of them. And he, he is revealed then ultimately as the Antichrist. And he is the one who will rule for three and a half years on the earth. And he will um, 
make war against the saints and overcome them for that three and a half year period. And we're going to have a look at uh, how he actually does that as we get uh, more into the teaching along this line. But it is the Muslim nations that will follow after the Antichrist. And the reason they will do that is because he will come out of the Muslim faith. It will be one of their own who will come over and, and come out and be the head of the Muslim faith. They will gladly take upon themselves the mark of the beast. Um, whatever that mark will be, they will wear that mark because they will identify with him because he's one of their own. He's come out of that particular faith. The fourth kingdom is the Muslim faith. There's, the scripture is so very clear to us in showing us exactly what it is. And that fourth kingdom is in, his, in existence when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth. Um, he will not be, the Antichrist will not rule over the whole of the earth. He will rule only over that fourth kingdom. Now his influence will be into the whole of the earth. And the whole of the earth will stand up and sit up and take note of this particular individual when he does come to power. But he will still only rule and reign over the fourth kingdom. And the fourth kingdom will be the Muslim nations on the earth. And they will follow him without any uh, problem because they will recognize him as being their leader because he comes from the Muslim faith and it will be fine for they, you know, they will not object to receiving the mark of the beast. And so the mark of the beast is not um, little chips be put into people's arms and computer chips and all that kind of garbage. That's not what the scripture teaches us at all. Uh, for the Antichrist comes out of those nations, the Muslim nations. He comes out of those ten kings who are heading up the Muslim nations at that particular time when uh, he is made manifest. Um, what else can we tell you about that? Well, the Muslim faith, we have no idea how far the Muslim faith is going to extend into the earth at this point in time. We do know that it is the fastest growing religion on the earth currently. Uh, and that it is estimated by the year 2030, which is not very far away, um, 13 years from now. By the year 2030, it is estimated that one quarter of the world's population will be Muslims. What, the fourth kingdom, three, three, three other kingdoms, 75% of the earth population will be outside of the Muslim faith, but one quarter of the world's population will be included in the Muslim faith. This fourth kingdom will cover a quarter of the earth. And it, geographically, we don't know how far it's going to extend because that's why there's so much influence of the Muslim faith into Europe now at the moment and into Africa. Um, we don't know how far it will extend, but it is where the Antichrist will arise from. He will come. He's not coming out of the European Union. That's not what the Bible teaches us at all. He comes out of the Muslim faith. In the book of Psalms, we have an account given to us of ten nations who will come against the nation of Israel. Now, we haven't yet touched on the nation of Israel in the, uh, the points we're looking at. We're looking at um, the key events that must take place in as chronological a sequence as possible leading up to uh, the coming of our, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, we have, the scripture is very plain to us if we look at Daniel's visions of the end times. And we also look at the, the, the fourth beast that Daniel sees with the ten horns is very similar to the beast that John sees in the book of Revelation, also having ten horns. And 
that fourth beast is exact is the same beast that John is looking at when he sees the the beast of the Antichrist um, and the ten kings who give the Antichrist their power uh, for one hour the Bible talks about in the book of Revelations and so all of it points to exactly the same beast we're talking about and it's the fourth kingdom and so it is not every single person on the earth that would follow after the beast uh, the Bible is very plain to us that those who receive the mark of the beast will be destroyed by the Lord Jesus Christ when he returns they will be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone there is no quarter given to those who receive the mark of the beast before our Lord Jesus Christ returns now the whole world will not receive the mark of the beast because when our Lord returns he comes to return to reign over the earth for a thousand years when he does that he destroys all at the at the outset of his of his the, the start of his reign on the earth the first thing he does he destroys all who have received the mark of the beast which is that entire fourth kingdom they, that entire fourth kingdom is cast into the burning uh, fire as we saw that uh, uh, daniel said i watched and now uh, let's just go back and read it quickly um Bear with me. In verse 11 of chapter 7, he says, I watched till the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given to the burning flame. That's talking about those people who have uh, received the mark of the beast being cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. Their judgment takes place there and then when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. It's the battle of Armageddon that kicks off our Lord's return to the earth. And again, we'll be getting down to that. We'll look at the battle of Armageddon. We'll see who the players are. But that is what transpires. It is the fourth kingdom that will receive the mark of the beast. They'll be quite comfortable to receive the mark of the beast because their leader, they will recognize, comes from their own faith. He'll come from the Muslim faith and they will have no problem accepting him as being uh, God in the earth because that's what he will proclaim himself to be, as God in the earth. They will accept him as their leader. They will accept his mark. They are the ones that will be judged by the Lord Jesus Christ when he returns. The battle of Armageddon will take place. And so we were looking at a scripture in, in the Psalms that gives us an account, and I said, of ten nations that will come against the nation of Israel in the last days. And Israel features completely in God's plan for the last days. Um, the whole of the end times almost revolves around Israel as a nation. And God has his plan for that particular nation. Now, they're not in the church. The vast majority of the Jews are not saved. It's estimated that I think there's roughly 15 to 18 million Jews on the earth today. And of that number, it's estimated there might be about 20,000 Jews who are born again today. So the, 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 the remnant have been saved. And it's a minuscule amount of Jews that are saved. However, there is coming a time when the, the fullness of the Gentiles will have come into the kingdom. And we, again, that's all part of the chronological sequence that we will look at as time goes by uh, through the series of teachings. And then all Israel will be saved. And so there's coming a time when Israel, the nation of Israel, will come into the kingdom of God as a nation. Now, when they do, they will be persecuted by the Antichrist and his kingdom because 
He's out to destroy as many of God's people as he possibly can. And the Bible says that he makes war with the Lord's saints and he overcomes them. And they're given into his hand for time, times, and half a time. For three and a half years, he gets to reign on the earth and it becomes a torrid time for Christians on the earth and for Jewish believers, those who have become Christians. I know the Jews don't like to be called Christians when they accept Christ, but that's exactly what they are. And so it'll be a torrid time for believers in Christ in that time, especially those who find themselves inside the fourth kingdom. And so it's very important as we're leading up to the end times to just be careful where you are placed geographically closer we get to the end of the end of the days. Because if you're in a country that is borderline uh, majority Muslim, that country will very soon after the Antichrist is manifested fall to his reign and, and, and submit to his rule and reign. And that is where the persecution will break out against the saints living in those nations. And so it is so important for Christians to just be weary of the nations that they live in currently as we head closer to the end times. If you find that the nation that you live in, the Muslim population is growing exponentially and there is a chance that it will become the majority of, the, of that um, population, it's not a place where you want to be when the Antichrist is made manifest because it is going to be the saints living in those nations that will incur his wrath, kind of, and uh, the persecution that he will uh, pour out on the saints. So let's have a look at it. It's in Psalm 83. And uh, as I said, there's Israel features. Israel as a nation is going to be featured at the end times. And these Muslim nations are out to destroy Israel as a nation. Uh, because Satan is out to destroy anything that God has got his plans to bring out about in the earth. Psalm 83, beginning at verse 1. Scripture says, Do not keep silent, O God. Do not hold your peace. And do not be still, O God, for behold, your enemies make a tumult, and those who hate you have lifted up their head. They have taken crafty counsel against your people and consulted together against your sheltered ones. They have said, Come, let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be remembered no more. Verse 5. For they have consulted together with one consent. They form a confederacy against you. Talking about God now. Verse 6. And now, now he lists them for us. Remember there are ten kings that arise out of the fourth kingdom. And so the ten kings have to arise first before the Antichrist comes through. And he will subdue three of those ten kings. And he then takes over full authority and reign of this fourth kingdom. But now he lists the ten um, confederacy nations that are going to be against Israel, the nation of Israel in the last days. He says the tents of Edom and the Ishmaelites too, Moab, the Hagrites, Gebel, Ammon and Amalek, Philistia with the inhabitants of Tyre. Assyria has also joined with them and they have helped the children of Lot. Verse 13, O oh my God, make them like a, the whirling dust, like the chaff before the wind. And so here are Here's the list of the ten kings, the ten kingdoms, the ten nations that will conspire against the nation of Israel in the last days to destroy it. Their whole purpose is to wipe out the nation of Israel. And these all these ten nations are on the earth today as 
Islamic nations. They were all, if you go back in uh, geographic location for these nations as they existed uh, at the time that the psalmist uh, prophesied, they are all equated to the Islamic nations of today. And so the fourth kingdom is, without a doubt, the fourth kingdom is the kingdom of Islam. And, from the four, and that kingdom is already in place, has been in place for the last, I don't know, 600 odd years, maybe longer, um, longer than that, sorry, 1400 odd years. Uh, Islam has been in place, but it hasn't re, uh, risen to the prominence that it, has, uh, that it has today, in that it is going to be, by the year 2030, unless something dramatically happens, the fourth, uh, well, not the fourth, it'll be uh, most probably close to the, the largest religion in the earth, in that 25% of the world's population will be Islamic by the year 2030, which is 13 years down the line. We're not very far from the, the end times kicking in. But the fourth kingdom is already in place. It is now waiting for the ten kings, these nations, to arise. And from them, the Antichrist will arise out of the ten uh, king, these ten kings. Now, just an aside, I'm not saying that this is the case of what will happen, but within the, the, the Muslim faith, you have the Sunnis and you have the Shiites. And there are three nations which are predominantly Shiite among the Muslim nations. And it's significant that three kings are subdued by the Antichrist and they submit to his rule and he then takes over the whole um, of, the, of the, the fourth kingdom, which happens to be the Muslim nations. That's just uh, putting that in there. That's not, uh, it, it kind of ties in with the three kings of the ten submitting to the rule and reign of the Antichrist. But that whole kingdom will gladly take upon themselves the mark of the beast. They will gladly do what he requires of them to do to destroy the nation of Israel, to do their best to destroy the nation of Israel, and then also to do their best to destroy any saints that are in their nation at that particular time. And so yeah, that's as, as, as clear as you can get it out of Scripture. Um, as to where the Antichrist is going to come from um, and geographically where he's going to come from. And the geographic point of where he's going to come from is Islam because that's where Islam is today. Um, and so, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to put two and two together and say, okay, well, that's it. That's, that's the fourth kingdom. It's there. It's now just waiting for these ten, ten kings to arise. And from there, the Antichrist will arise as well. Um, I'm going to close off this particular teaching today and then we're going to move on to the next key event that has to take place before our Lord Jesus Christ returns and that is the fall in a way that has to take place in the body of Christ, in the church. That's a key event given to us in scripture and we'll have a look at it. But we've had a look at now the first key event that must be in place before our Lord returns. And that key event is the fourth kingdom has to be in place. Now, I don't know who the other three kingdoms are. Uh, you can speculate that the one is Russia, the other one is the United States of America, and the other one be whatever it might be. I don't know, but the scripture does clearly give us where the fourth kingdom is located. And we've had a look at that today. And so I want to just close off with a prophetic dream that the Lord gave me in the year 2014. Um, at the time that I received this dream from the Lord, I had no idea what um, the, the prophetic uh, ramifications were. Um, I didn't understand it at the time I received the dream. 
And so let me relate the dream to you, and then you can see how it does slot in to what the Lord has since opened to me in Scripture uh, from what I've seen. So in this dream, um, I'm standing before a Muslim woman, okay? And when I stand before her and she's in front of me, the Holy Spirit reveals to me that she was a child of God. She used to be one of the Lord's saints. And so I questioned her about that. Uh, you, know, I, you know, did you know Jesus? And she, she, she acknowledged she used to be a follower of Jesus. She, she even shared with me that she uh, used to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke with other tongues. And she was a follower of Christ. She was one of his disciples. And she had spent a lot of time in the Word of God. And she knew the Word of God. But she had subsequently turned her back on Christ and was now following the Muslim faith. When she related that to me, I was actually shocked to hear that in, in my dream. I then began to weep because I knew that she had now lost her eternal salvation because she had turned her back on Christ and she could not come back into the, the kingdom of God. And I shared that with her. I said, do you realize that what you've done is you've turned your back on Christ, you've denied Christ, you cannot come back into the kingdom. And you know, she it didn't phase her at all. She was not, she, it meant nothing to her what I said to her. And she then disappeared. Next, I found myself standing in front of a young man and he wasn't it wasn't obvious that he was muslim but i then spoke to him and he revealed to me that he was now a muslim and he too had been a follower of christ and he had turned his back on christ and he had accepted the muslim faith um, and again, he explained that, you know, he used to go to church and he was uh, also filled with the Holy Spirit, but he had subsequently decided that the Muslim faith was where to go. And so he had denied Christ and he had um, become a, a follower of Muslim, or Islam, I think they call it. And so again, I was shocked within myself to hear this from this guy. And I couldn't believe it. And I said, do you realize that, you know, you, you're not subject to eternal damnation because you've turned your back on Christ? Uh, and he wasn't at least bit bothered about what I said, that he had turned his back on Christ. And then I found myself saying to somebody who was with me, I don't know who it was, there was just somebody who was with me in the dream. And I found myself saying to this person, you know, we must be really close to the end times because in one day I have met two people who have turned away from following Christ and converted to the Muslim faith. Now, when I had the dream the following morning when I woke up, just to keep you on the picture, I did not understand the ramifications of the Muslim faith. I just perceived in my heart that God had given me the dream to show me that we are in the last days and people are going to fall away from following him. I was looking at it because I understood about the fact that there is going to be a falling away in the church. And so that's the comment I made to the person in the dream, that we must be in the last days because in one day I have met two people who have fallen away from following Christ. I mentioned nothing about the Muslim faith to that individual in my dream because it didn't register on me at the time that I had my dream. What, had, what was registering on me is the fact that I've now encountered two people in one day who are no longer followers of Christ, who have now turned and followed after another religion. In the dream, what I also saw is that off to one side, there were four believers standing on one side. And these believers were mocking these two who had turned away from Christ and had uh, followed after the Muslim faith. 
I found myself in the dream walking over to these four believers. These are Christians now. And I, 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 I admonished them. I said, you know, you guys mustn't mock those who have fallen away from Christ because it's only by the grace of God that you are still part of the, the body of Christ. And so you should not be haughty, but rather fear that that same thing could happen to you, that you could fall away from following after Christ. And that's where my dream ended there. Um, that's the last, uh, the last thing I remember of the dream. Now, when I woke up in the morning, and I obviously meditated on the dream to find out, God, what are you saying to me? I took it that the Lord is saying, there's going to come a falling away in the body of Christ. And uh, we need to be weary and we need to watch. Um, Paul says to the, the, the church in the book of Romans, chapter 11, he says, you know, guys, don't be haughty about the fact that the, some of the Jewish branches have been broken off and you've been grafted in. Because you rather should be uh, fearful because, you know, they were broken off because of their unbelief. And if you, know, if you can get, a, I'm paraphrasing, but God can also break you off as just like he did to them. That's exactly what Paul says to us in the book of, of Romans. And so he says, don't be haughty, but rather fear. And so that was my interpretation of the dream. It was only later, and I'm talking about uh, a couple of years later, early part of 2016, that the Lord opened to me Daniel's vision as related to us in ch chapter 7 and chapter 8 about that being the Muslim faith. And now that tied in even more with the dream that the Lord had given me in 2014 already, where I didn't tie the, uh, connect the dots about the Muslim faith. The two people that I met had given their, uh, stopped following Christ and had given their hearts to following after the Muslim faith. I didn't pick that up at all when I had the dream. But once the Lord opened up this to me in Scripture, in Daniel, um, then that dream made even more sense to me. And now it's not impossible that Christians will give themselves over to following our, uh, the Muslim faith as we draw closer to the end times. Because the Bible does talk about the falling away that will take place. And there are going to be tremendous signs and wonders that will take place in the last days. And they believe you me, the Christians living in those nations that will be predominantly Muslim nations at that time will be under intense pressure uh, to deny Christ and to follow after the Muslim faith. The Bible talks about the fact that there's going to be multitudes in heaven who would be martyred for the Lord during that three and a half year period. Our Lord Jesus said, guys, the Father had to cut the time short because had he not cut the time short, there would be no flesh saved. Translated means there'll be so many that will be martyred in that time that there will be none alive on the earth when our Lord returns. They'll all come from heaven with him because every one of them would have been killed by that time. And so that's why the Antichrist only gets three and a half years uh, to reign on the earth. But the point is, it's not a, a long stretch of the imagination to think that Christians will give the over following after Jesus and follow after um, the Muslim faith, for argument's sake, or any, any other faith as we get into the, the end times. And so that is, I think, dealt pretty much extensively with the fourth kingdom as revealed to us in Daniel's visions, chapter 7 and chapter 8. Um, you go study it and you can look at it, go look at a geographic map and you can see exactly where Daniel was standing. And you can see from what the Holy Spirit was showing to us that the nations that are in those locations today are the Muslim nations almost 100% 
99, some of them are 100%, most of them are 100%, some of them are 99.9% um, of Muslim nations. They surround Israel um, and they still, Israel doesn't feature on their, their plan for long-term survival. And so they will quickly align themselves to the Antichrist when he comes on board and he then uh, tells them we need to destroy the nation of Israel. And we're going to carry on uh, with this teaching series. Um, and the next one we're going to look at in the series is the fall in a way that must take place in the church. For that is the next key event that must take place before our Lord Jesus Christ returns. But the fourth kingdom is already there, which means that the clock is ticking. The time is short. Our Lord Jesus Christ will be returning to the earth in the not too distant future. And we'll end the teaching on that point today.